on the block on demand. Without Jerry McNamara, we wouldn't have won 10 games this year. Okay? Not 10. Two seconds and one. It's 10 wins in a row for the crunch. It's the biggest upset in the Carrier Dome in more than 30 years as the Orange hold off the defending national champions. They beat Clemson. The Bills make me wanna shout. McCoy in the backfield, takes the handoff, runs up the middle, breaks a tackle. He's inside the 10, cuts to the left, into the end zone. Buffalo wins. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Somebody in Vegas told them they were going to win by 20. They look at the positive side of things once in a while instead of the negative all the time. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. ESPN Radio 97.7, 100.1, ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome, Utica, Utica. What's happening, Mohawk Valley? Great to have you on board. You can listen on the ESPN app. That is a great way to take us with you wherever you go. Download the app, find the Listen tab, find ESPN Syracuse, and away you go. Off into the world, probably shoveling or salting sidewalks or something of that nature if you're in central New York today, or perhaps you're listening in sunny Florida, perhaps you're listening in Boise, Idaho, Walla Walla, Washington, Dayton, Ohio, perhaps the center of the Orange Universe tonight. Wherever you are, uh, the ESPN app is a great way to stay in touch with us right here so you can listen live wherever you are. Here's how you get in touch with the program, 437-7644. You can also text the program. The On the Block text line is easy to use. It's 288-0644. You can uh, always tweet the program. The show never stops on Twitter, 288. Uh, pardon me. Uh, the <laughs> I'm getting everything mixed up here. Uh, Twitter is Brent Axe Media. That's me. Hello. Brent Axe Media. Brent Axe Media on Twitter. Let's do that one more time. Phone, 437-7644. The text line is 288-0644. And the Twitter is Brent Axe Media. There we go. Now we got it. So all great ways to get in touch with the show, to certainly talk about what's on all of our minds. And we will spend most of the show discussing Syracuse, Arizona State, first four style, the bracket itself. Uh, Also, though, NFL free agency is officially official. It is now past 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And teams can officially make things official, if you will. Now, some of the things we already knew about, say with the Bills, Tyrod Taylor being traded to Cleveland and the new acquisitions they got, including Trent Murphy today at the defensive end spot and some of these other things that were reported are merely becoming official, but we'll see if anything new gets added to the pile. So we'll keep an eye on on Twitter and the wires, if you will, the modern-day wires on social media and let you know if anything comes about. The Giants made a big move today. Quite literally, in a sense, Nate Solder signed to be their new left tackle. That's a huge move to shore up a poor offensive line and protect Eli Manning or perhaps a quarterback they're going to draft. Big move there. The Jets looked like they were heading for Teddy Bridgewater territory officially after we got word that Josh McCown will be back on a one-year deal, reportedly worth about $10 million. So 
We will keep an eye on the things that become official and the new things that come about now that free agency is open for business officially in the National Football League, uh, where Kirk Cousins goes. Certainly a big thing as well. Hot takes on the way as usual, but we start, of course, with tonight. The Orange and the Sun Devils at the first four, the play-in game. Dayton, Ohio. Jim Beheim ready for ASU. Well, you know, the uh, obviously uh, the start to the season, they're a the top-five team in the country, and when you get to a tournament, um, that's what you expect to see the, them play at that level. And, uh, you know, they obviously shoot the ball extremely well. They push the ball up the court uh, as well as any team in the country. They're as good an offensive team as anybody in the country. Uh, any team that has multiple uh, scores is always a difficult team to play defensively against. And uh, they have multiple guys that can shoot it and get to the basket and push the ball up the court. That they do. And they're a team that averages over 80 points per game. And I think that's the question here. And it's a question that certainly applies to Syracuse. But we have been used to seeing Syracuse. Which team will show up? Will it be, you know, the team that kind of, you know, drags a team down into the mud and let's, you know, have a big old fest in the 60s or like a 55-52 game like they beat Clemson and, it's just that ugly, drawn-out style that we've become used to because that might be Syracuse's best strategy tonight considering when Arizona State is at its best, it is a team that is moving the ball. They've got a lot of short guards, and this team is a little shorter than you would think given something we'll discuss here momentarily. But they're also experienced. A lot of their key players, their backcourt and a lot of key names that you will hear tonight are all either juniors or seniors. I'm wondering if they're and they've done studies on this and they've looked at it and, you know, it's more of an eye test feel type of thing versus something that you would see maybe statistically. But there really is no correlation between how you come into the tournament versus how you play in it. Meaning, okay, so Arizona State has lost five of their last six games. And that is no longer a consideration from the committee. They used to look at your last 10 games. Had they looked at Arizona State's last 10 games, that would have not have favored well for Arizona State because they only won four of their last 10 games. They come in having lost five of their last six, including to Colorado, 97-85, Stanford 84-83 in a close game. They did beat Cal. 84-53, lost to Oregon State on the road by four, lost at Oregon by six, lost to Arizona, a team that is going to appear in a heck of a lot more brackets coming out of their region instead of Virginia, considering the injury to DeAndre Hunter in Virginia. So could we see a heck of a lot more uh, people with kind of a cross out of Virginia and writing in Arizona into Atlanta in the Sweet 16 and then into San Antonio in the Final Four. So State, in a rivalry game, of course, loses by seven to Arizona at home. But when you go up and down their schedule, there is a common theme there. And that common theme is these are their scores. Just let's go over the last 10 games. You ready? 85, 83, 84, 
75, and I'll note when they're in a loss. That's in a loss. 68, that's a loss. 70, that's a loss. 79, or pardon me, 88, they beat UCLA. 88-79. Beat USC, 80-78. Beat Washington State, 88-78. And then there's this outlier. Then there's this game that sticks out like a sore thumb when you go up and down Arizona State schedule. And that game is at Washington on Thursday, February the 1st. A game that they lost 68-64. to One of their lowest scoring games of the year and certainly one of their lowest scoring games in Pac-12 play. Well, we all know who coaches at Washington and we all know what defense that coach at Washington uses. Now, Arizona State saw some zone defense down the stretch. It's not like Washington was the only team that did it. But Washington is about as close to what Syracuse is going to throw at Arizona State tonight on the defensive front. So, at the very least, at the very least, they've seen what it looks like. At the very least, they've got an idea of what to expect tonight. Or do they? Because, as the old expression from that great MTV show once said, you think you know, but you have no idea. Bobby Hurley, I saw a great tweet. My good friend Sal Capaccio, of course, is a regular guest on this program from WGR and the Buffalo Bills Radio Network. Sal, I'll pull up the tweet while we're reacting about it here. Sal uh, used to do a regular radio spot, as we like to say in the business, with Bobby Hurley, Buffalo's head coach, of course, the former Duke guard now at Arizona State. And it's pretty interesting what Sal said, and I'm just going to read you the tweet here. It said, I did a weekly radio show with Bobby Hurley when he was UB's head coach. He would tell me how much he hated zone defense because it's too, quote, passive. I wonder how passive he'll think it is after tonight. Yeah, Syracuse's zone defense is not something I would describe as passive. Now, can there be times when the zone doesn't rotate as quickly and efficiently as it should Drawing the ire of James Arthur Beheim, does Pascal Chukwu lag getting over sometimes, or O'Shea at times, or everybody has a possession or two when you know you're behind the shooter, you're behind a team that can really move the ball and they get open shots. Well, that's something to watch tonight because Arizona State can move the ball. Arizona State is quick. They have these small guards that just kind of move the ball, move the ball, move the ball, and just start jacking up threes, just start shooting. And as Jim Beheim said, they've got some weapons. Holder was over 20 points per game. He scored 40 earlier this year in Arizona State's upset over Xavier. Now, that was in November. But that's how Jim Beheim has to think. We're going to get their best tonight. We're going to get the holder that was averaging 23 points per game, not the holder that's currently averaging, I think it's about 18 at this point, and that's not too shabby itself. So they can score, they can move the ball. What Arizona State does not have is an interior presence. What they do not have is enough bodies that can get serious defense on Pascal or Barama or even Merrick Doljai. I don't think Arizona State can go tit for tat when it comes to what O'Shea Brissett is capable of. Now we mentioned their guards who are good and they're experienced. Holder Evans. Justice is a kid who's shooting 38% from three-point range last night. Remy Martin is shooting 38%.
from three-point range. Average is just under 10 points per game. So it's going to be one of these games where Syracuse has to look at it and say, okay, well, we've had games where we've let people shoot, and it's burned us. Wake Forest, NC State, Boston College, most notably if you want to look at recent games within the last couple of weeks. That Boston College game was not that you ever want to wake up call that late in the season, but Boston College was the last reminder that if this team does not get out on shooters and does not move in that zone defense, that it'll burn them. So Arizona State has seen it, but not quite the way Syracuse has. Syracuse has learned from their mistakes. Syracuse just needs what NCAA tournament play always comes down to. You need guard play to be efficient. You cannot turn the ball over, and you cannot have Frank Howard and Tyus Battle combine to go 8-for-39 like they did against North Carolina in the ACC tournament because that's just a losing proposition. Frank Howard's, <clears throat> pardon me, <laughs> ironic that as I say that I get something in my throat. His strep throat is something to keep an eye on. It's, you know, I'm not Dr. Axe here, but strep throat can, it can wear you down for a couple of days. And I'm sure he's been getting all the treatment and all the fluids and all the medicine that you need. But this is somebody who you need on the floor pretty much all 40 minutes. And if he's just a step off, there's no one that can come in and spell him. This is not a team that, you know, as you are well aware, that has a lot of guards that, ah, yeah, take a, yeah, take a breather. I got you for 10 minutes. Yes, he can't do that. You need good Frank to show up. You need the Frank Howard that's dishing the ball, that's taking good shots, not the Frank Howard. Now, you've, you've, oh, you've got to build in a few turnovers a game because when he has the ball in his hands, every single possession, there's going to be turnovers. But you can't have the 7-8-9 turnover Frank Howard show up against this team tonight. 437-7644 is the phone number. Let's go to the phones here. We are going to talk more brackets, more on the Orange, and more on the Orange women's team. They are also in the tournament. Tiana Manchakaihia one of their best players who set all kinds of records at Syracuse this year. An exciting Aussie import for the Orange. We're going to talk to her coming up in a few minutes, but right now we're going to talk to Scooter in Jamesville. He's on the block. Scoot, what's up, buddy? Hey, if, you're, if you want a little uh, uh, scouting report, uh, they're having the Arizona State Marathon on the Pac-12 network on Channel 377. They're playing Utah now. They, they, they did, they're going to show USC at, at they got the four thirty. Then they're going to show that UCLA game you're talking about where they won the I think eighty seven seventy nine or something like that. But the interesting part was watching them. The only thing I'm a little nervous about is that they don't mind to try to flop and take charges. I think I think it's because they don't they don't have they don't have a rim protector, and so therefore they you know I remember I remember Hurley at Duke would be flapping all over the place, and it seems and that that's one thing about Syracuse when they drive sometimes. You know they driving and they leave their feet, and if somebody slides over, that they. But but basically, basically it looks like you said is basically what Arizona State is. Uh, they do play a little zone too, guys. I mean, I, I wonder if they're going to try some zone if Syracuse can shoot from outside. But this team here, I actually, you and I talked about this team back in the uh, early December. I thought this team reminds me of the Connecticut uh, Kendall Walker uh, team, where I think it was harder to. to Get to the season, then, then then it's actually built more for the playoffs. So like the Yankees of of the '90s, you get, if you get through the the season and qualify, they're actually built for the playoffs. I think that's what Syracuse is between the zone and they got a guy you know battle that can carry you and get 40 points a game if they if you had to. So I think they can beat Arizona State. I think TCU is the weakest of all six seeds, 
And uh, I think it's a good shot we'll be playing Michigan State uh, on Sunday. Scoot, great scouting report. Always appreciate the insight on uh, uh, marathons and things going on that you're usually on at like 4 in the morning, but we can see at a reasonable hour if you want to get a little Pac-12 feel going there. I agree with you in the sense that this is a Syracuse team that's that's built for the postseason in some ways, depending on who the opponents are. It's all about matchups, of course, in the tournament. And I think potentially the first two matchups they get, should they get by Arizona State tonight, are favorable. Guard play is key, but I what you said is interesting. Will I don't think Arizona State's gonna throw some zone at Syracuse because Bobby Hurley just doesn't do a lot of it, and he's not somebody that is really kind of affectionate towards the zone. But if you've watched film and other teams have done it to Syracuse and it works because it forces them to step out and shoot, maybe we'll see a little bit of that tonight. Battle's important. Howard's important. But I will discuss this a little bit little uh, a little bit later on in the show. I keep coming back to O'Shea Brissett. I just really think he's the guy that can carry this team through the next couple of games. So we will discuss that more on March Madness on the men's side, but we're going to talk some Syracuse women's basketball on the other side because they are getting ready for NCAA tournament play as well. Stay right there. You're on the block, ESPN Radio. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Dig this, baby. We're back. They're on the block. ESPN Radio is presented by Burdick Toyota. Listen, you guys have to take part in our bracket challenge. You are uh, probably in more than one pool, I can imagine. So you might as well get in ours, too, because we have a fantastic prize pack. Now, if you're in the office pool at work, like, yeah, you might win some cash, you know, for or, you know for entertainment purposes only, because gambling is illegal at Bushwood, sir, and I never slice. But what are you winning, like 50 bucks, 75 bucks, something like that? Here's what we have for you. You ready for this? Winner take all ESPNSyracuse.com bracket challenge. Syracuse basketball tickets, Syracuse football tickets, Syracuse lacrosse tickets, crunch tickets, $50 gift card to Tully's, $50 gift card to Attilio's, $50 gift card to Eleven Waters, the great restaurant at the Marriott Syracuse downtown. Take a breath. There's more. Syracuse stage tickets, $50 to Tanner Valley Golf Course, a two-night stay for two at Bonnie Castle Resort and Marina in Alex Bay. We've got tickets to see Five Finger Death Punch. I should say that in my K-Rock voice. Five Finger Death Punch. At the Lakeview Amphitheater. And we're adding to it as we go. All that is yours if you win our bracket challenge. ESPNSyracuse.com. Go now. Fill it out. Do it. Hit me with that fancy open. We've got a hot one for you. Oh, you're hot. Why, thank you. So are you. And I'm not afraid to cry. So hot. Man, it's hot. How hot is it? It's so hot, I poured McDonald's coffee in my lap to cool off. (laughs) It's time for hot takes on the vlog. So a couple more things on the March Madness front. Uh, A great tweet from our buddy Jim CBW who says, uh, Tiana has more assists than Frank Howard, O'Shea Brissett, and Tyus Battle combined. That's how good she is. That's how record-setting her performance was. And she's going to be back. She's going to destroy a lot of Syracuse basketball records before she's all said and done. Big shout-out, though, to your LeMoyne Dolphins, who are going to their first-ever Elite Eight. Pat Beeline comes on with Steve and Seth on Orange Nation every week, and he is just, I love hearing him talk basketball. Of course, his dad is John Beeline, and, you know, there's been some stories and some things 
you know, just because Michigan is one of these teams that's being favored to, to come out of their region. You look at that West region where Michigan is and raise your hand if you got Xavier coming out of that thing. Because not a lot of people do. A lot of people have Carolina, Michigan's, I wouldn't even say a sleeper at this point because they're gaining momentum, but a lot, Jay Billis, I know, has Michigan there, and a lot of national uh, pundits are looking at it and saying, boom, Michigan's playing well. But in interviewing John Beeline for you know, just whatever this time of the year, there's been a lot of references to his son, Pat, and what they're doing at LeMoyne. Great stuff. Love to see that. They got the as far as they had last year, now first ever Elite Eight, and the Elite Eight earns you a trip to lovely South Dakota for some reason, but hey, you'll go anywhere to play in the Elite Eight. And let's see if LeMoyne can keep pushing, get their first ever Final Four. Who knows how far they can go. Congratulations to them. That is fantastic. St. Bonaventure won their first tournament game in 48 years last night. Now, when Bonaventure came in and played Syracuse earlier this year, okay, because we talked so much about UConn and Georgetown and St. John's and the old Big East rivalries, but there are people that certainly are old enough to know when St. Bonaventure was it, when they were the rivalry with Syracuse. So I love that they're on the schedule, too. If you've got to beef up the schedule and, and appease the strength of schedule gods, you might as well bring in good teams that are local. Because it was St. Bonaventure and Buffalo back-to-back who both end up being tournament teams. See, this is why body of work matters. This is why your entire schedule has to be factored into these things. And I say this every year when the schedule comes out. Because you look, you're like, okay, we know these teams are good. This team's in the preseason top 25, and the ACC is tough. But inevitably, there's three or four teams on the schedule that end up being tournament teams that you do not expect. Syracuse played Iona in the second game of the season. They're a tournament team. Syracuse played Texas Southern early in the year, and Texas Southern had that wild schedule where they played anybody under the sun just to pile up all those payments that they get from teams. They end up with a losing record, but guess what? They made the tournament by winning their conference. They're a tournament team. We knew Buffalo and St. Bonaventure probably had the capability to get there, but their road through the A-10 and the MAC is not quite as automatic as it would be if you're a middle-of-the-pack team in a good conference. You've either got to win your league or be in the top of your league, even in a down year, air quotes, for the A-10. Bonaventure beat Syracuse in overtime, and I don't want to remind you about that game and the 45 fouls that were called in that game, one of the ugliest games in the year, and Syracuse played a lot of ugly games, and that awful call in O'Shea Brissett in that game. I don't want to remind you about that, but I just did. But look, the Bonnies came in, and they won. Syracuse had an awful offensive night. Both teams, frankly, had awful offensive nights, particularly in the second half of that game. But the Bonnies, did you see Donna DeTota? Did you see how happy she was? There was pictures of Donna. She got caught on camera last night. In that in the stands. Ruin on her bonnies. That was awesome. So now you tell me Bonaventure can't take down Florida tomorrow night. That's the beauty of this playing game thing. If you win and you get some momentum and you get some confidence, you could snipe somebody who's been, you know, not that Florida's been sitting around that long. But it's the same thing with Syracuse tonight. Beat Arizona State, you're going into TCU with a head of steam, even though you've got to go 
from Dayton to Detroit. St. Bonaventure has to go from Dayton to Dallas, which is not too far, but I think Dayton to Detroit is a little shorter of a trip. So congratulations to the Bonnies, congratulations to the Dolphins. A lot of great stories going on this year, not just the lead dog. Of course, that being Syracuse. That's hot. So NFL free agent is officially official. So a lot of these deals we had heard of because they get reported, they get put out there in what is known as legal tampering and trades. Hey guys, Alex Smith's going to the Redskins. Did you hear about this? So a lot of these things we've heard about already, but now they're officially open for business. And these deals are going to start flying in. So I'm just going to, I'm not going to cover all of them here because it's a long list, but I'm just going to give you kind of the latest from ESPN's free agency tracker. And I'm seeing a lot of tweets from, you know, players that are moving on, like the Buffalo Bills just had a nice tweet to Tyrod Taylor because it is a business and, you know, you have to take how much money you cost against the cap and performance and everything into consideration. Look, Sally, I want about Tyrod Taylor, and I have said plenty. He got the Bills and quarterbacked the Bills in their first playoff game in 17 years, and that's something you can never take away from him. He didn't play well in that game, and he didn't convince anybody with the opportunity that he was the franchise quarterback they should invest in, and they gave him every chance to do that. But it doesn't mean we can't say, thank you for what you did, good luck in Cleveland. All right, here's what else we got. Rex Burkhead is re-signing with the Patriots. He gets a one-year deal, maximum value $3.15 million. Okay. What else we got here? Come on, Mr. Computer, play nice with me. Uh, Todd Davis re-signs with the Broncos, three-year deal. This was kind of a surprise. Detroit released tight end Eric Ebron. It was due $8.25 million, not guaranteed against the cap, couldn't find a trade partner, gone. Joe Thomas has retired. After 11 seasons in Cleveland, he played every down of every game from the time he was drafted until finally suffering a season-ending injury last October. That snapped a streak of 10,363 consecutive snaps, which is believed to be the longest in NFL history. And that kind of stinks for Joe because obviously Cleveland never really did anything in his time there, but hell of a player. Uh, former Redskins defensive end Trent Murphy to sign da, 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 a three-year deal with the Buffalo Bills. Bills are stocking up on defensive players, which is not a surprise given Sean McDermott's prowess there, but happy to see that. Patrick Robinson, cornerback, he's going to sign with the Saints. A four-year deal, sources told ESPN. The Eagles made a push but couldn't close the deal. Back, uh, pardon me, veteran backup quarterback Chase Daniels is going to sign with the Chicago Bears. He will serve as the uh, primary backup to Mitchell Trubisky. Daniel was coached by new Bears head coach Matt Nagy for three years in Kansas City. The Cardinals have released the Honey Badger, Tyrone Matthew, after he declines a pay cut. He was cut just hours before $5.75 million of his 2018 salary and $8 million of his 2019 salary were to be guaranteed Wednesday afternoon. The Ravens released wide receiver Jeremy Macklin gaining $5 million in cap space. The Panthers, you know what, I should, I'm slacking because we're out of football season here. Come on. That's better. That's better. We should have music behind this. That's my bad, man. I'm college basketball mode. I forgot. This feels a lot better now. Ex-Chiefs offensive lineman Zach Fulton has uh, signed with the Houston Texans. 
confirming a report by the NFL Network, a deal that will average $7.5 million per year. The Jags reached a deal with defensive back D.J. Hayden, adding to their already great defense. Uh, let's see. The New York Giants, huge move here. Nate Solder, 6'8", 325-pound left tackle, spent his entire career with the Patriots, who drafted him in 2011, but he is your newest left tackle for the New York football Giants. The Eagles have decided to keep linebacker Nigel Bradham, re-signing him to a five-year $40 million deal. Carlos Hyde signs with Cleveland, a three-year deal worth more than $15 million. Now, these were some previously reported deals and rumors going on out there. I have not, uh, Seth, you come in here and tell me if you've seen anything. The reports were out there from the Jets. Not only about getting Josh McCown back for a year, but that Teddy Bridgewater, which was their plan B to Kirk Cousins. They obviously didn't get Kirk Cousins, but Teddy Bridgewater was close to signing a deal with the Jets. Now, as of now, I haven't seen anything official on that. I have, nor have I seen anything official about Kirk Cousins, although everybody believes he's heading for the Minnesota Vikings. So, oh my goodness, you just scared the crap out of me. And I told you to come in here. Oh, my God. You're like a ninja, dude. I've never been told I'm quiet walking into a room before. See, that? I played the music. That's what happened. I played the music. If people are watching on Facebook Live, they just saw me, like, freak out in the studio. I've got my head turned the other way. I'm reading things. I've got music playing. And out of the corner of my eye, there's Seth. The Jets yes, signed Seth Teddy Goldberg. Bridgewater also. That's official. Yeah. Okay, that's officially official. Teddy Bridgewater up is to 50, in... Up to $15 million. How long is the deal? One year. Oh, it's a one-year deal. Yeah. Okay. So the Jets, that's a good move. That's a good move. You can't I, like get Kirk Cousins. Had, I like it if they didn't sign Josh McCown also. True, but if you can't get Kirk Cousins, get somebody who, if Josh McCown falls on his face, which eventually he probably will. When Josh McCown shows up. he's Josh McCown. And people say, why give Josh McCown that money? You know where you spend in football the quarterback position. Okay, That's where you spend money, especially the Jets. And they still have the sixth pick. They still can take somebody. If... Or trade, right? Exactly. The Jets are... Dare I say, still in a pretty good position. Yeah. yeah. I, I worry that they have too many quarterbacks if they're going to go draft one. Thank you, Ninja Seth. Anytime. Stealthily sleeking in here and scaring the crap out of me. I'm just going to stay here because I got the update soon. No, you can go. That's okay. What's your Thin Mint hot take, by the way? Better you save it for the crosstalk. That's what I was going to do. Okay, we'll do that's that. That's what I was going to do. Because Seth tried some Thin Mints on the air yesterday. I did. First time you've ever had a Thin Mint. Yes. And now... I'm being told there's a Thin Mint hot take of some sort. So yes. I, uh, I, I await that eagerly coming up top of the hour. So that is what's happening NFL-wise. We'll keep you updated on anything that is not officially official but becomes officially official. Anything else we got for hot takes? No, I think we're good there. 437-7644, Brent Axe Media on Twitter. The text line is 2880644. So this is free agency. We're about a month and change away from the draft. There was a report today from Charles Robinson of Yahoo Sports, which is not a surprising thing to hear or see, but the rumbles are certainly out there that the Bills are trying to move into the top five. So they get their man. If that's Rosen, if that's Allen, if that's whoever it is, they want to make sure they're in a position to get there. The Bills currently have the 12th and the 21st overall pick in the first round, two picks in the second round, two picks in the third round. They have collateral. They have assets 
and they're going to use them. And they're going to continue to wheel and deal and trade, loading up on the defense, and then they're going to move into the top five. Ahead of the Jets, by the way, so you wonder if the Jets, with Teddy and Josh McCown, do you still draft a quarterback? Look, if you have the cap room and can do it, you invest in the quarterback position. Minnesota had three quarterbacks. They now no longer do, of course, because Case Keenum's going to go to Denver, Kirk Cousins. Now, what if they're doing all this and Cousins doesn't go there? Because that's not official yet. He still could take a visit or two. The options are are dwindling for Kirk Cousins to get big-time guaranteed money, right? And what was that, three years, $85 million for Cousins? Which was reported yesterday, and, and I have not seen, I'll, you know what, while we're yakking about it here, I will pull up the Minnesota Vikings Twitter feed just to see if they made that officially official. But they, I mean, Sam Bradford's gone. Case Keenum's certainly gone. They got rid of, and Teddy Bridgewater's heading for the Jets, so <laughs> you better be sure that Kirk Cousins is going there, which by all accounts it is, but we haven't seen anything officially official on that. So we'll keep an eye on the NFL wires there. But we got to get back to some SU hoops talk. We got to get back to tournament talk. Orange, Arizona State, first four tonight. We'll go over the bracket. We'll go over that. A lot of college hoops talk on the way. Get on ESPNSyracuse.com and participate in our bracket challenge for that great prize pack. Come on. That thing's unbelievable. Winner take all, by the way. You're on the block, ESPN Radio. Stay right there. Thank you. Bye-bye.